I respectfully disagree podcast. <sighs> quick, quick, quick video, man. I'm bored. Feel like putting some content out, so I'm on Facebook Live. Just got off work. Still recovering from the flu, man. Slight runny nose, so y'all, please bear with me if you hear some stuffiness and all of that jazz. But uh, I'm on demon time today, man. Like, I'm just in one of them moods. And, hey, if anybody's offended, who the fuck cares? Um... I'm blown back by a lot of the reaction and things in regards to NBA All-Star Weekend. And I guess it all centers around Stephen A. Smith and his comments of LeBron James ruined the dunk contest and this and that. And everybody's entitled to their own opinions. And that's that's cool. Like I said, I you know, his talking points in regards to that conversation, it was logical. If you really want to look at it from that lens, it's logical. It, it makes sense. Um, but I guess my biggest gripe is the copycat content creators that follow all of these uh, TV personalities and things like that. And I, I get it like that's If you want to do views and go viral and things like that, the common thing is bash LeBron, find something and talk about LeBron. And I'm, I'm 1000% sure that you're going to do views. You're going to do numbers. And if you look in the comment section, You'll get a whole bunch of D-riding and blah, blah, blah. And like I said, for whatever reason, it all gets suggested to me on my timeline because I guess uh, the social media guys know that it's going to run my blood pressure up. But um, I took the time today to just sit back and think about a lot of the the narratives and a lot of the talking points that people have as it pertains to uh, basketball and a lot of the legends from back in the day and all of that. And it's like, I've always told people, I don't dislike Michael Jordan. I dislike this notion that like he was this flawless basketball player, like, he never missed a shot, guarded the best player. He always made the right play. Like, that's the part that I I I can't get past as it relates to goat talk and things like that. And it's like, bro, Mike was human just like everybody else. So this weekend kind of puts my whole perspective on the GOAT debate and the legendary uh, players from back in the 80s and the 90s, it puts it all under this perfect spotlight. So that's why I wanted to turn the mic on today 
because it's like when I hear Stephen A. Smith, he's like, oh, all the stars back in the day, they took pride in entering the dunk contest and that was your duty. You were obligated and thanks to LeBron, now these superstar players, they think it's beneath them to to join the dunk contest and this and that. And it's like watching all the people run with this narrative is what bothers me the most. And like I said, it just, it's such a false narrative and people really tend to forget that thanks to the internet and YouTube and things like that, like bro, like all of these things are one search away from being able to go back and watch it. And that's why I love debating with people because it's like, oftentimes people go based off of their memory. And I'm pretty sure if somebody asked me right now, Hey man, tell me about uh, a time when you was 17 or 18 years old and what was the best night of your life? And it's like, in my mind, I'm going to paint this big old pic. Oh man, we got drunk. We had girls, we had this and that. But in reality, we was at a sausage party and uh, some booger wolf just so happened to get horny and fall in my lap and this and that. So it's like in my mind, I had this magical night. But in reality, it's like it's far from the truth. And that's how I picture the 90s. It's like growing up, we were mesmerized and oh my God, it's the 90 Bulls and Shaq and Penny and Grant Hill and this and that. And we were starstruck. Like we're watching the games through the lens of teenagers, bro. Like literally right now, if I go and ask our basketball team, you know, who's the best player in the NBA right now? Like they're going to light up Steph Curry, this and that. And they're so excited talking about their favorite players. And I'm like, bro, like that was literally us during that time period. So if you go back and watch some of these things as you get older and you look at it from a different perspective, it may change your viewpoint. And that's just where I am in life, bro. It's like, again, no disrespect to Mike or Kobe or any of them. It's like I've gone back and I've watched it. And I look at it differently than a starstruck teenager or a kid in the early 90s who's watching the Bulls three-peat for the first time, bro. It's like, dog, like we were freaking kids. So so here's Stephen A. Smith, and he's like, LeBron ruined it, man. Kobe participated. Kobe, I'm like, dude, like, those were some of the worst dunk contests during that era. Like I remember uh, Brent Berry jumping from the free throw line and people was disgusted by that. Cause I think he was like a whole foot on the inside. I think I have to go back and look at it, but it's like, we were alive to see that bro. Those were not exciting dunk contests. Like they literally were booing literally. Kobe came through and missed two or three dunks, bro. Like, he won off of technicality if we really want to be technical. But it's like when you hear people share these stories, and it's like, oh, Kobe wasn't afraid to be in the dunk contest. Kobe this and 
Kobe dead and Kobe had this mom. I'm like, bro, none of that even existed. The thought of Mamba mentality did not exist in 97. It did not happen. But it's like we get to rewrite history and paint these pictures and base it on how our memory serves correct. And that's the part that I do not agree with, bro. Like, stop trying to change history, man. Like, I never saw Wilt play. I never saw Magic play. I never saw Bird play. So all I can do is take someone's word for it or go back and look at it for myself. But I think for us, we're that generation right now where it's like we saw Mike, we saw Shaq, we saw Kobe, we saw Penny, we saw Grant Hill, and we do not want to let go of our childhood memories. Like we do not want to fathom the idea that Michael Jordan couldn't go left. Like I've been cracking up at these TikTok videos. Somebody has made videos and said that Jordan could not go left. And based on the evidence that they have provided, it's like, damn, I don't think I ever saw a flaw in Mike's game. But when you look at those clips and it's like, damn, Mike really couldn't go left in a sense. If you really think about it, he always figured out a way to come back right. And I'm like, dang, I never looked at it that way. So it's like that's the beauty in the Internet and social media and things like that. You can look at things and form your own opinion. And I feel like a lot of people refuse to do that. So that's why we're able to hang on to these narratives that LeBron made All-Star Weekend less competitive. LeBron is the reason why the game is boring now. And I'm like, 20 years Y'all do understand that in those 20 years, Allen Iverson was in that game. Tim Duncan was in that game. Kobe, Garnett, Shaq, Tracy McGrady. So when did we get the shift and why is it solely on one player who played during this great period that everybody loves to speak of? Like, he was a part of those games. Or it's like, okay, the last few years they did the uh, the captains and we're going to set the score and add 24 points to it in honor of Kobe and things like that. And it was competitive. Like literally just a year or two ago, like we were talking about how the NBA is on the right track for making the game competitive and we, we loved watching it. Or LeBron hit the game winner in Cleveland to win the All-Star game. Like, so those games weren't competitive. We didn't enjoy those. There's been this dark cloud over the All-Star weekend for the last 20 years solely because of one person. And it's like, I don't get it. I myself was upset that LeBron James was not there the entire weekend. Like, I haven't been able to watch him in a Lakers uniform simply because I refuse to pay that type of money and watch the Lakers get blown out. So if you want to look at LeBron from that standpoint of, no, he doesn't compete no more in this and that, 
I'll tip my cap. I'll give you that because even I refuse to spend money to watch the Lakers. So I'm saying to myself, you know, I haven't seen him since he left Cleveland. So this would be a good opportunity just, you know, as his career comes to an end, check out the last, you know, all-star weekend or whatever, see him out there. But of course he didn't show up. So if you want to look at it from that lens, I get it because even I was upset and I'm like, come on, man, just show up. But we're going to put the blame for the entire weekend. Everything about all-star weekend falls solely at the lap of LeBron James. I saw a video and it was like, if you go back and look at all the eras and look at who the face of the of the league was, Magic and Bird saved the league. Um, what's up, Gabby? Low management mentality. Do you blame LeBron for that or do you blame Coach Pop? I'm seriously asking. The The term load management never came around until you saw San Antonio strategically, you know, hey, we're going to play these guys this many minutes tonight. We're going to rest them. At that point, they were sending them back to San Antonio. Like, they didn't even complete the 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 road trip and things like that. But it's like, I get it. LeBron's the bigger household name, so it's easy to attach his name to draw attention, draw clicks, and that's what I feel like. You know, again, Stephen A. Smith is entitled to his opinion. He can say whatever he wants to. Again, my gripe is all the content creators that just regurgitate it all with no concrete anything to support it other than the fact that you just don't like a certain individual. So I'm just like, how, how does this one person have to take the fall for all of it? And it's like, Oh, Kobe, Kobe took it serious. Kobe did that. And that is very true. That is very true. There were several all-star games where I saw Kobe get on LeBron full court, defend him and do all of that. And that's what we all wanted. But it's like, when did the game take a turn to where now you're just, you just got 10 guys out there standing on an open court and we're just taking turns, throwing lives back and forth. And it's like, I really have to go back and do my research because I'm I'm trying to figure out when it when it all shifted. Because it's like I remember Kobe's last All Star game. I remember the scene where Drake is sitting there and LeBron and them are guarding him, and it's like everybody cleared out of the way. Like even then, so it's like, or I remember the All Star game in '92 when uh, Magic came back, and it was like you knew they were trying to get him the MVP. So that element of the game has always been there. Like you always had a collective group of individuals that was trying to help this person win the MVP and you still competed. You know what I'm saying? Like it's supposed to be a fun weekend. Nobody's saying that they're supposed to go out here and treat this like a game six or game seven of the NBA finals, because of course you don't want anybody to get hurt. But it's like, 
this whole thought process that the NBA game, all-star game was once this big barbaric event and all the players left it on the line and no blowouts. It's, that's bullshit. There's been plenty of all-star games where they've gotten beat by 15 or 20 points. And this was during the quote-unquote heart of the, of, of the all-star game. Like, And that's the part that I don't like, man. Quit creating these false narratives because too many people are stupid enough to not do their research or not go back and try to remember a lot of those games from when we was growing up. Like I said, I've been watching this shit since before LeBron got in the league, bro. That's why it's like if you're a fan of basketball and you've always watched it, of course you you saw the transition, and it's not the same. So I'm not going to sit there and be blind to the fact that there's zero defense being played. Like the game is completely different now. I agree there. But this notion that like, oh my God, it's never been this bad. It's ne- that's bullshit. And that's why I said it's like, bro, like, I understand Kobe is is no longer here, and I I've I've never tried to speak bad of that man because I've always told people I I respect his work ethic and his approach to the game, but I did not like Kobe Bryant, bro. Like he's fucking selfish. I didn't care for Michael Jordan. He's fucking selfish. If you got three people on you, bro, that means two fucking people are open. Pass the fucking ball. Like, it's still a team sport at the end of the day. So, kiss my ass with that Mamba mentality and Jordan was a a stone-cold killer, psychopath. Yeah, okay. If, If that's the type of game that you like, then cool. I don't care for that. It's fucking selfish. So I'm saying all of that because it's like, bro, this this narrative that LeBron ruined the NBA. What? <laughs> what? Shout out to fam. LeBron, yes, MJ, no. You got you got to tell me what you mean by that. Hold on. Like I said, I'm bored. I'm fresh off work. I'm just sitting there talking, venting. Like I said, for those that's on the Facebook Live, I'm just solely speaking on the fact that Stephen A. Smith is placing blame, saying that LeBron ruined the dunk contest, and then you have a lot of people online that's just piggybacking off of that. And I don't necessarily agree with it because for those that watch LeBron, he's an in-game dunker. And if you really, really think about it, LeBron only has about three dunks that he keeps in rotation. And that's your one-hand tomahawk. That's your reverse. Or off the backboard with two hands. Like, you've never really seen him do anything other than that. Every now and then, he might peek in and try between the legs. But that's only in a in a warm-up. I think I've seen him. He did it in the rookie game. Did it in a high school game. But outside of that, bro, all you're getting from LeBron is a tomahawk, a reverse, or off the backboard, two hands. So let's be honest. Like, do you really want to see that in a dunk contest? Let's be truthful. If anybody watched the 2003 McDonald's 
All-American dunk contest. LeBron shouldn't have won. Shannon Brown should have won that dunk contest, bro. And it's like LeBron's dunks was just basic. You're not going to put on a show or win the crowd over with those type of dunks. Will the kids be excited? The young kids would be. But in terms of moving an entire arena, considering the fact that by then Vince Carter had already, you know, between the legs, 360, arm in the rim, like Vince Carter brought things to the dunk contest that we didn't even think was possible. Back then, it wasn't a big thing for us to go on the internet and see a whole bunch of high-flying dunks and things like that. That element did not exist. Dunk contest got beat by Father Time. How much new stuff is left? Exactly, got beat. Like, that's my take on it as well. And that's what I said when I uploaded my episode the other day. It's like, what more can people do? You said Kobe Selfish, Jordan 2, no sir, MJU, Scotty, B. Grant. No way. No way, bro. Early MJ was selfish, dog. Once MJ learned how to win and realized that he needed everybody else on the court, then he was able to give the ball up more. He was more willing to pass the ball. But even then, Mike took 25 to 30 shots a night, bro. I'm not trying to hear that. I'm sorry. I know y'all old heads, even though we ain't too far apart. I'm right there with you, fam. I know y'all like to hang on to Mike, but nah, I'm not letting y'all have that. Like, me and you can have a uh, a nice debate on the mic one night that you that you free, and we can talk about it. But I, you know what? I'll give you that. I've seen Kobe shoot with three people on him. I ain't going to necessarily say I've seen Mike. I ain't going to necessarily say I've seen Mike shoot with, with three people on him, literally. I'll give you Kobe, though. But early Mike, early 80s Mike, before he won his first one, Mike, wasn't nobody else getting that ball, man. That documentary that Horace Grant, Scotty, Luke Longley coming out with going to be nasty. I can't wait because the old cheese eyes deserves it. Shout out to Avery, man. I'm looking forward to that too. And, again, this is not a bash Mike and Kobe thing or nothing like that because I'm sure it's going to be a lot of people upset. But it's like even with the last dance – it doesn't matter what anybody else that was on that Bulls team comes out and says, Mike is that big to where nobody's going to believe them. You're going to always side with Mike. And I feel like the last dance was just Mike being able to add on to all the campfire stories, man. Like we went our whole entire lives thinking that Mike had the flu, bro. And then come to find out he's up gambling and partying all night and got a hold of some bad pizza. And it's like, even though we still know the truth, it's like, nope, Mike had the flu. That's the flu game. I'm not giving him the cold pizza game. That's the flu game. And it's like Michael Jordan is fully aware of 
his legacy and where he stands in terms of the rest of the world. And it's like Mike can do no wrong. So why not take full advantage of that and capitalize off of it? And I don't blame him. I don't blame him one bit, but it's like, I just don't agree with this notion that one person is solely responsible for the downfall of the entire league and this and that. And it's like, as much as we love to say that this is Steph Curry's error and hold on laughing, him playing baseball was actually him being suspended for gambling. Mike is untouchable. You absolutely right. Mike is un- untouchable. Like you, it, it ain't nothing that you can say. And if you do say anything, you have to be ready to go to war with facts. Otherwise you are just going to get laughed out the building and called crazy. And that's why oftentimes when I'm having a serious debate, I'm willing to to go toe to toe with anybody that wants to have that conversation because that's just my opinion. But it's like, I'm not going to just make up a bunch of outlandish stuff. I'm going to talk based on what I feel happened during that time period. Was the league watered down? It was expanded. You're not going to tell me that the Vancouver Grizzlies and, uh, Toronto Raptors, hell, if you want to dig into the Orlando Magic, Miami Heat crate and things like that, like, it was a lot of things that changed and led up to Michael Jordan winning. But I'm not here to debate Michael Jordan's legacy, bro. Um, I'm just here to talk about the All-Star weekend overall because, like I said, now that, you know, we're almost a full week and – Different people have given their perspectives and things like that. And I keep hearing these notions where it's like offer the players more money to make the game more competitive. And I'm going to hit the button again. I disagree. Why should the league have to keep offering more money to ask people to come to do their job? Did your family have a wonderful time? The kids enjoyed themselves. Peyton did. I mean, hell, Peyton's only nine, so he's not looking – for no uh, lockdown defensive game anyway. So that's what I'm saying. It's like for your casual basketball fan, it's like, you know, you just want to sit down and see basketball. Any opportunity to watch basketball, I'm not going to turn it down, which is why I go to a lot of elementary games, middle school, high school. I sit down and watch college. I watch WNBA. Like, I like basketball. So I'm going to watch it regardless of what's going on. So for me, it didn't bother me overall. The only thing that I do not agree with is the ticket prices. And it's like, bro, to sit in the lower bowl of that arena, I was looking at 1500 for one ticket, 1600 for one ticket. And it's like to ask people to pay that type of money and the players are not even taking it serious. Like, come on, man, what are we doing? That's huge. I think there needs to be changes in the All-Star Weekend format, but I get the frustration overall. Like, most definitely, I get the frustration because at the end of the day, it's like you still want to see people compete. That's why I was saying all of this. It's like nobody's asking for this to be Game 7 of the NBA Finals. 
And then I hear a lot of these excuses. Oh, nobody's wanting to get hurt. Nobody's wanting to risk injury. And I'm like, bro, that's a cop out. Uh, shout out to E. He's on the live now. Uh, e, you know, for yourself, uh, Avery, you know, we link up to go play ball on Sundays or we used to. And I'm very mindful that, hey, bro, I can't get hurt. I can't afford to have a serious injury that's going to cause me to miss work. I'm out there competing, but guess what? I'm not going to go 110 miles per hour and try to chase down block and do all this and that for what? It's a freaking pickup game. Not getting paid for it. So I'm not going to go out here and put myself in harm's way just so I can say that I won a game. So nobody's asking these players to lay it all out on the line, but it's like, damn, guard somebody. Somebody gets a dunk and then you baseball pass from out of bounds over eight other people and then somebody catches it wide open and then they dunk it and then you just turn around and baseball pass to the other end. Like, come on, man. If that's the thing that they're going to allow – then make it free admission. Like, we're talking about a multi-billion dollar industry. None of these players are hurting for money. So use that as a charitable event. Any kind of money that's raised in terms of concessions or uh, all-star gear, you know, items that are purchased, T-shirts, basketballs, things like that, all proceeds will be donated to something else. But if you're going to do that, open the doors, pack the house out. Once the last ticket is sold, put a sign up. All tickets are sold out and leave it at that and just have one big charitable event. But to ask people to spend thousands of dollars and that's what you give them. No, I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Not at all. But again, my my biggest gripe is this whole idea that back in the day, everything was just perfect. All the all-star games were perfect. Everybody competed. That's not true because I've seen it where it's been blowouts and Tim Duncan and Kevin Garnett and Shaq and Kobe and all of them was right there on that court when it happened. And you saw the other team. That was when the West was destroying the East. And they was beating them by 15 or 20 points almost every year. All-Star Weekend gets boring every year. Do they even do the rookies versus sophomore game anymore? They changed up the format to where it's like they do four teams, almost like a tournament. And uh, they did like the first uh, first round picks. I think it was the second-year players and then the G League players and things like that. Like they've – They've constantly tried to change the format to make it more entertaining. So that's where I do give kudos to the commissioner of the NBA because they're constantly trying. And them switching back to East versus West this year, and you heard him say out of his own mouth on several of his interviews that they've informed the players that they just want it to be competitive, go out and compete. So if anything – that was the players that let down the league. That's a meeting or some kind of emails got to go out and say, you know what? Uh, Denzel Washington training day. <laughs> Is this how y'all going to do me? Huh? 
Is this what y'all going to do to me? Take some of that damn money away and then see what happens. That That's my thought process. It's like, how do you fix that culture? That's a great question. That's why I'm like, it's, it's not going to be an easy fix. And that's why I feel like, not to dance back and forth, but I'm going to go back to Stephen A. Smith because that's why I said I don't necessarily agree with what he said in terms of LeBron killed the dunk contest, but I will say that some of his talking points in terms of if these players see LeBron not take it serious, then how are you going to ask Anthony Edwards to take it serious? How are you going to ask a Zion to take it serious? And I think overall, that's the most disappointing feeling is that when you look at this weekend's events and you have an up-and-coming star in Anthony Edwards, you have a proven star in Luka, you got your uh, NBA champion in Joker, and these are your prime household names right now. I don't look at Curry, Durant. LeBron, I give them a pass because it's like those are the the old veteran superstars. They've already come up and gave the fans everything that they needed during their peak. So now you're looking at your Anthony Edwards, your Tatums, your Lucas, your Jokers, and it's like these are supposed to be the marquee names and they're not playing serious. Anthony Edwards is talking about taking all left-hand shots and clear up until the skills challenge that night. He shot the ball all left-handed. I'm sitting there at the practice. Every shot he took was left-handed. And it's like, okay, you get in the skills challenge. Obviously, Wimby Nim is trying to win, and he's shooting left-hand three-pointers. And it's like, come on, man. People are paying for this. Like, give the people what they ask for. So to answer your question, how do you fix that culture, I don't know. I don't know because you your your young up and coming stars have developed that mindset that this is just an open weekend on the calendar and I'll just show up and BS my way through whatever I gotta do and make my appearances, but outside of that, I don't owe this game nothing. And I think that's the difference between the eighties, nineties clear up until now it's like back then everybody in my opinion played for the love of the game it wasn't about a paycheck it wasn't about securing the bag everybody was trying to go out there and hoop because they loved the sport and not only that everybody was trying to prove that I'm the best player in the world it wasn't common that every player on the court had their own shoe you know what I'm saying depending on how well you played may determine whether or not I get an endorsement deal with a Nike or Adidas or back then you get your uh, McDonald's commercials, your Gatorade commercials, where now every athlete on the court has some form of an endorsement deal and is on TV in some shape, form, or fashion, whether they're selling icy hot patches and uh, Skittles and everything else. It's like everybody has the opportunity to market themselves. Everybody has their own shoe deal. So I feel like that's that's part of the, the difference too. We've given them everything. You don't have to earn it. 
you don't have to work for nothing. So what incentive do they have to come out and put on a show for All-Star Weekend when, guess what, Anthony Edwards already has his shoe. It's doing well. I see a lot of people talking about it. So it's like if he doesn't have to go out and put up astronomical numbers and put on a show for the fans and people are still going to go out and buy his products, then why should he be excited? The greatest thing about Michael Jordan is, guess what? Not only did he have a shoe that everybody loved, it was appealing to the eye, but guess what? He was out there in the dunk contest with him on. So everybody wanted that shoe so they could feel like they could fly. You don't have that feeling no more, man. Like, what is there to market? So I don't know. Seems like the commissioner was upset with the All-Star. Oh, he was pissed, bro. Damn the popularity votes because that's what it is. Now, I agree there. And I was pissed. That's why I'm saying, like, LeBron not showing up until the day of and then you only play 14 minutes in a game. Like, even if you make the announcement heading into the All-Star break that you're going to be on minute restrictions and things like that, announce it ahead of time, bro. Like, people are bringing their kids and people are spending their money and then when you get there, Giannis wasn't at the practice. Like I said, uh, I think Kawhi Leonard only played like six or seven minutes. Luka only played maybe six or seven minutes. So it's like, who are people coming to see? Like nobody, no disrespect, and I apologize, Big Blue Nation, but it's like, bro, nobody gives a shit that Cat scored 50 points, bro. Nobody's here to watch Cat. Nobody wanted to see that, man. Like, stop it. Nobody wanted to see Scotty Barnes. Like, I don't know. I don't know how you change it. I really don't. I don't know how you change it. But like I said, that's that's a million-dollar question. My My sole purpose this afternoon was just to speak on the fact that we got to get rid of this idea that uh Kobe and LeBron not Kobe uh not LeBron uh Kobe and Jordan their error was just so flawless and so this and that because that's bullshit Kobe's dunk contest was trash um Gabby look like Gabby's still on here I'm gonna throw this bait out and we can have this conversation for another day but I honestly feel like Michael Jordan is the beneficiary of Slow motion replay. If you go back and watch a lot of those dunk contests, it didn't look as spectacular in real time. It wasn't until you slowed those dunks down and you got that frame by frame and it made it look like Jordan was literally gliding and flying in the air. And I think that's the greatest marketing tool for Michael Jordan's career is that when they were able to introduce the technology to slow that down and you made it look like Jordan was just soaring in the sky, he's going up and everybody else is coming back down. It's like those are the images that we have hung on to from our childhood clear up now until we're adults. And it's like nobody can taint that image that we saw. Because it literally looked like Michael Jordan was flying in the air. But in reality, all you did was slow the footage down. 
Vince dunk contest and Levine were the best dunk facts. And that's what I was saying. You know, I, when I posted my little reel, I was sitting here watching the 97 dunk contest. And I was like, um, I'm like, if you really, really think about it, bro, I remember the D Brown joint. I think that was what, 91, 91 or 92 when he covered his eyes. I remember Cedric Cimbalos when he blindfolded himself. I want to say that was maybe 93. Uh, Harold Miner. I remember that. But it was like the ones that stuck out the most and really, really like these are the ones that go down in history books, bro. It's got to be Vince and Levine and things like that. When Jordan them dunked from the free throw line in 88, we talking about I was four years old. So I don't remember that. So that's, that's what I'm saying. It's like people are trying to hang on to this nostalgia that, oh, my God, the dunk contest is ruined and it'll never be the same. When was it? When what? When was the peak of the NBA dunk contest? Because if you even go back and look at uh, when Kareem and Dr. J and all, like, bro, that was some of the most boringest events that took place and that's why i'm saying people are hanging on to these images that they've painted in the back of their minds and it's like bro it's like literally like comic book characters man it's not real d brown and sean kemp was entertaining yeah i remember sean kemp jumping from almost a free throw line pulled that joker back had his knees and stuff tucked and that's what i'm saying it's like you you remember that but it's like nowadays man today's athlete bro man you gotta put your legs in a pretzel hold and tuck the ball behind your neck and then dunk it with your eyebrows it's like come on man 70s dunk contest look like a game of horse like real talk so that's what i'm saying it's like bro like we're just spoiled right now and I honestly don't see how LeBron James would have saved that, bro. LeBron James is not a creative dunker. I don't know if he was on the live earlier when I said that, but it's like, bro, LeBron only got three dunks. Tomahawk, reverse, and off the backboard with two hands. Outside of that, you're not going to get nothing else. Windmill. LeBron got a, had a nice little windmill package early in his career, but it's like them ain't enough to win no dunk contest. So what are you asking him to do? It's crazy. It's crazy. Everyone had slow motion since then, though. But that's what I'm saying. It's like it's no knock to Mike, bro. It's like Mike came up in an era where we saw things that didn't even you didn't know that it was even possible. And Mike benefited from that, where it's like now, bro, the things that Mike was doing back in the early 80s, they doing that in high school games now. I can go sit down and watch the LIT and watch these kids jump out the out the gym at 16 and 17 years old, man. And it's like, that's why the dunk contest today ain't as exciting because, bro, we done seen everything. So I don't know how LeBron was supposed to stop that from happening. Not only, guess what? If LeBron did participate in a dunk contest and he lost, and you fast forward 20 years later, you'll never hear the end of it. Even Mike and Kobe won the dunk contest, LeBron, and then like. So, in my opinion, 
it was a lose lose situation. Because even when he done the McDonald's one, people said that it was given to him. And I told you, I, I feel like Shannon Brown was supposed to win that one. Shannon Brown had the better or more creative dunks. LeBron just threw the ball up to the ceiling and went and got it. It, was, it wasn't nothing spectacular. So why would we ask LeBron to come to a dunk contest in the NBA when we already know what, what he's going to give us? It's a lose-lose. But anyways, man, I'm done rambling, man. I'm done rambling. I just wanted to talk about that briefly because I don't I just don't understand how one person has become the scapegoat. And that's why I'm just like LeBron played in the era with Iverson, T Mac, Kobe, Vince, Garnett, Tim Duncan. So how how does he get the fall for the whole entire All-Star weekend? LeBron not doing it wouldn't be as bad had he said, hadn't he said he was going to do it during the Dwight year. That's fair. That's fair. It makes him look scared, but it's like I still feel like coming off a few years removed from Vince Carter doing what he done in 2000, Unless LeBron was going to do something similar to that or better, why even bother? Because by then we had already seen one of the greatest dunk contests ever. I don't know. But anyways, man, great, great conversation, man. I'm about to start doing this more often. man. I'm going to get back to the sports talk and things like that. Just turn the live on and whoever joins, joins. Whoever listens, listens. Not related to the contest declining, though. It's like, I don't even necessarily want to say it's declining, man. It's just, I just feel like you. if you had some bigger names, then none of this would even matter. Had John Morant and Zion jumped in there, then we're not even having this conversation because people are going to pack the house just because it's them. But it's like, how do you convince these players to put their name in there? Because now, based on endorsements and things like that, you 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 risking losing a lot of money. I don't know. But great conversation, man. Great jump off here. Y'all know the routine, man. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Like, share, subscribe. Uh, last time I checked, I'm at 565 on YouTube. So y'all help me get to 600. We'll worry about 1,000 subscribers later. Till then, we out. Ass toasted. No competition. Amisha toasted. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Wish me I'm high class.